Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. A warm, warm, lovely hello. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas. For Ghost of Ghost Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast and... We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We're going to be joined by Isabel Gonzalez. She does a great job over there with CBS Sports. In recent days, we have really seen UNLV do a great job of being able to hit the transfer portal. We've seen a couple teams out west do a solid job there. So we're going to be talking about what those teams have been able to do. Why maybe you shouldn't be as sour as you might want to be on the Mountain West coming into the season as well. So we're going to have a great chat there. Well, while we were doing that chat as well, you wind up seeing Jay Wright make his big decision as well that he is going to be stepping away from the game. So, unfortunately, that is not going to be covered in that chat, but I'm going to have that covered in the final segment as actually what I'm doing, my recap of everything that we wound up getting on Wednesday. Everything was breaking with Kyle Neptune taking over for him. So, that is going to be covered along with all the news and notes that we wound up seeing with guys like Oscar Sheboy coming back. You saw a lot of big NBA draft decisions. You saw a couple transfer portal moves as well. And then obviously a little bit more on the Villanova situation as well. So we've got you guys covered from all angles on this podcast today. And if you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast? You've got one or two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Any other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And really the question that I want to getting on Wednesday is, what does everything with Jay Wright stepping down mean for Villanova moving forward? And I think that this is an answer that we just don't have right now because with Kyle Neptune taking over, he did a great job at Fordham. He did a great job in the transfer portal as well, something that Jay Wright didn't really do. But I feel like the coming weeks, the coming months, how this Villanova roster is built, that is when we wind up getting our answer because Kyle Neptune, you're able to take the one year that you wound up having at Fordham. And he is someone that is familiar with Villanova. He was on the coaching staff of the two national titles that they wound up winning before he wound up taking that job at Fordham. And it was really one year on the job at Fordham. So, Great familiarity with Villanova, but it's a case where you just really don't know how it's going to go until you wind up seeing the roster, especially for this year. How it's going to affect this year? Yeah, it's going to probably be a little bit of a downgrade. You don't have just the absolute tacticianer that Jay Wright is. He always found a way, even if you take a look at the 2021 NCAA tournament with Elkhorn Gillespie, they still wound up giving Baylor their best game in the NCAA tournament because they did a great job with their strategy, being able to slow things down. Guy Leptune is not going to be quite that, especially not off the bat. Maybe he winds up turning into a coach that is one of the better tacticianers with regards to X's and O's, being able to scheme things up like Jay Wright was. Right now, day number one on the job, probably not. But how things wind up going this season, that's going to be determined by how Villanova winds up hitting the recruiting trail and the transfer portal. And that's something that we're going to find out in the coming days and weeks. Does Villanova retain as many guys as humanly possible? Because there were going to be some losses from last year. Colin Gillespie used up his fifth year. He was as good as gone. But what is going to be remaining from that roster, how are these guys going to be able to come together? What new pieces wind up coming in? That is a question with Villanova. So how Jay Wright's departure winds up affecting Villanova, that is a question that is to be determined. Like, I'm going to use a little bit of a football example. I am a fan of the Green Bay Packers. 
No doubt when Aaron Rodgers decides he no longer wants to play for the Green Bay Packers, it's going to be a downgrade. But if the Green Bay Packers wind up having Jordan Love really be able to develop, you can have sort of a passing of the torch like you wound up having from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to be so bad. If we wind up getting the Jordan Love that we wound up seeing when they played against the Kansas City Chiefs and he just didn't necessarily look good, it's going to be tough as well. So I feel like there's just really not an answer. And it's just like so much with regards to this offseason. There's a reason why I don't do my way too early top 25 here in April. There's a reason why I can't really do conference previews because we've got over 1,400 players in the transfer portal. Every single one of these teams is going to be going through some change from now until what we wind up getting on night number one of the season. So there's really no value in handicapping forward right now, especially if you're a game-to-game handicapper like myself and you really don't do a lot with regards to futures market. So I feel like answers are coming. You just don't really have one right now. And the answer, it's going to meld itself over the next few weeks. You're probably going to have a better answer at this time next week than you do right now. And heck, a month from now, you're probably going to have a little bit of a better answer than you do right now as well. So I wish I could give you a little bit of a better answer, but hopefully you appreciate the fact that we need a little bit of time to be able to evaluate how things wind up going for Villanova this offseason. And something else we need to evaluate is the Mountain West and how UNLV has been hitting the transfer portal. We're going to be talking about that with Isabel Gonzalez of CBS Sports next right here on Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Houston Family Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Back here in Las Vegas, with myself, Peterson, and it is great to be joined by our guest as Isabel Gonzalez is doing absolutely terrific work over there at CBS Sports. You're able to follow her on Twitter at the letter C and then Isabel and then the letter G that is at the back of that. And she does great work when it comes to being able to follow what we're seeing in the NBA playoffs. She's doing a great job being able to take a look at college basketball and all that we're getting out there in the transfer portal. And much like myself, hails out West. And Isabel, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. It's always a pleasure being here. It's great to be able to get you aboard. And Isabel, I know that before you wound up going to CBS Sports a few weeks ago, you were doing a lot with regards to taking a look at the Mountain West. You were doing some work for New Mexico as well. And we have seen some interesting moves with regards to the Mountain West this offseason. And I know you were tweeting about this a little bit, but I take a look at what UNLV has done in the transfer portal, and I'm very intrigued and very impressed by what they've been able to do. They bring in a guy in Elijah Harkless, who we wound up seeing last year at Oklahoma, average right around 10 points per contest, a guy that certainly knows the West Coast as he actually wound up beginning his career at Cal State Northridge. He is going to be coming in for this team. And then you take a look at them also bringing in Jackie Johnson III, someone who was over there at Duquesne last season, was able to do a relatively solid job there. And I take a look at UNLV, and it's clear that they're not going to be trying to score like 80 points per game or anything like that. But I really like the moves and the overall grit that it's going to bring to this team. Yes, for sure. I think UNLV being good makes the Mountain West Conference better. That's just kind of how it is. It's a program that has historically been good in the Mountain West, maybe not as of lately, but this is a really great class. So I think they could have a chance at continuing that improvement next season with, of course, the guys they're bringing in. And they had lost their top recruit, had Lindsay, you know, pull out. But it doesn't matter. At first, that was going to be kind of like a big hit for them. But they were doing really well in the transfer portal. They're getting two really good veterans there, and they just got a new assistant coach. So it's sort of a rebuilding phase for them. But at the same time, it's not rebuilding from the bottom. You are rebuilding with really strong pieces. I'm right there with you. And also with UNLV bringing in Elijah Parquet from Colorado as well. That is Mm -hmm. going to be helping out their backcourt. And I just take a look at the way that a lot of these Mountain West rosters are structured. And I feel like you really took a look at this during the season as well. You wound up seeing one or two really up-tempo teams out there in the Mountain West. Nevada, when they were at full force, they were certainly doing that. New Mexico as well. But really, other than those two schools, you've got a lot of teams like a Boise State. Even Colorado State, for as good as their offense was, they were a team that they were outside the top 230 with regards to possessions per game. UNLV, list goes on and on. You're finding a lot of these schools that they're really embracing tough defense. They're embracing playing slow, making the most of every single possession. And what I like about UNLV bringing in these guys is it feels like all these guys, they really fit that mold that they're looking to build under Kevin Kruger. No, I definitely agree. UNLV is one of the teams in the month of West that's doing really awesome in the transfer portal and just off season. Nevada, since you mentioned them, they're not doing so well. Of course, no. they are losing some key players for sure. They will have Will Baker back, but it's still going to be really tough with the pieces they are losing. And Colorado State's going to be another one that's going to look you know, a little bit different as well with so many players in the transfer portal. 
And I think this year, I thought where I saw it, it might have been Goodman who tweeted it. But there's like a very, very high number of transfers at the moment, well over a thousand right now. So it's just going to be interesting to see how everything here plays out. So you do have UNLV and even Wyoming. That's a team that's doing really well. They got three guys from LA, you know, two from USC, one from UCLA. So that's another one that's doing really well. We'll see how next season looks for the Mountain West. Absolutely. We'll hit on Wyoming in a minute as we do have Isabel Gonzalez joining me on the podcast. And by the way, I always take a look at this website, Verbal Commits. It tells you how many players are in the transfer portal as we do this interview. 1,418. So certainly (laughs) no shortage of guys out there in the transfer portal. But you mentioned it with Nevada. I would say the most underachieving team out there in the Mountain West last season. And I think that that is by a long shot. You mentioned all the losses that this school has wound up taking. Desmond Cambridge, he decided that he was going to be going to Arizona State. Ward Washington, he also decided that he was going to be going to the Pac-12 on Tuesday as well. Grant Shurfield, I feel like, is one of the best guards really out there in the transfer portal right now. I'd be putting him at the very minimum in my top seven, if not my top five of guard targets that these schools are going to be having. And I take a look at what Steve Alford was able to do in his first few years on campus. But now being able to follow that up is going to be a really tough act because you wind up missing three starters from last season. And with Sherfield, wherever he winds up going, I'm sure that he's going to be an impact guy as well. Oh, for sure. And Steve Alford, obviously, he's a very good coach. He was a terrific coach in New Mexico. So he has history of succeeding in the Mountain West. After the UCLA stuff and coming back, he hasn't quite seen that success yet. I feel like every year has almost been a rebuild year for him, but it's not his first and second year anymore, you know. So at some point, he's going to have to see how he can develop players a little bit more or at least keep some sort of structure there. Because right now, yeah, like it's, again, going to be another rebuild year. And it's not like he couldn't pull it off. He is a very talented coach, but you are losing some key players. And I think when Sherfield said he was going to test the NBA draft, you know, people were kind of like, oh, well, hopefully he comes back. And then hitting everyone with the transfer portal stuff, that was a really huge hit for the Wolfpack. Yeah, they are not trending in the right direction. And you mentioned a school that is trending in the right direction. That'd be Wyoming, a school in which they are going to be probably taking a few losses from last season as well. But I mean, when you wind up bringing in Ethan Anderson, a guy that's able to dish out the ball, what Wyoming was really lacking last year was a true point guard because while Hunter Maldonado at six foot seven was able to offer a wide variety of things, he was pretty much a converted point guard. That's why you wound up seeing a lot of the turnovers, especially in that game against Indiana in the NCAA tournament. Wind up coming about Ethan Anderson, a little bit more sure handed with the ball. He's going to be joined by his teammate, and I always get this last name wrong, but Max Ogapolo, he's going to be coming with them. And then you wind up mentioning Jake Kyman. He's coming over from UCLA. Guy that was pretty highly touted coming out of high school, just could never really get on the floor for UCLA. But I take a look at these three pieces, and I feel like it really fills the needs that Wyoming winds up having. You wind up getting a stretch player, and we're just going to call him Max A for a little bit of simplicity there. Ethan Anderson able to do a good job at the point guard spot, and then Kaiman is going to be a little bit of a matchup nightmare as well. And I feel like Wyoming wound up checking all the boxes that prevented them from being able to get into the first round of the NCAA tournament and perhaps a little bit further. And I feel like Jeff Linder has been able to construct himself a really good team with these transfers. Oh, definitely. Wyoming has been a team that's been impressing me last couple of seasons because if you remember, not that long ago, they were at the bottom of the Mountain West Conference. So now seeing them succeed, I feel like even New Mexico fans who I'm around a lot, they're kind of rooting for them as well, unless they're playing against each other. But right. they've been a team that kind of suffered for a while, but now they're doing really well. And of course, it comes from the head coach, but also just players are seeing that culture being developed in the program. And I think that's obviously very important. And you look at the recruits that are coming in or the transfers that are coming in, and maybe they didn't have like double digit scoring in their teams, but it's also a different conference. You improve every year. So it's going to be really fun to see what they do. I do think so as well, and I do think that the Mountain West has a chance to be able to get quite a few bids into the NCAA tournament. I don't think that there's a question that their reputation will end up taking a little bit of a hit by what we wound up seeing in March with teams just <laughs> yeah. not being able to go far in the NCAA tournament. That's going to be having a lot of people sour on them going into next season, but I really don't think it was completely the Mountain West fault in which they wound up having the rough run that they did because I in Colorado State, they wind up drawing Michigan in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That's a team that they wanted going to the Sweet 16. Under Maldonado turning the ball over 10 times in that game against Indiana, that no question was not necessarily too terrific, but I mean, Boise State having to get matched up against Memphis. Memphis was playing at a top 10 level at the end of the season as well, so 
that was another tough one for them. So I do take a look at the Mountain West, and I do think that there's going to be a lot of people that they're going to be bearish on this conference coming into the season. And I feel like that actually might be able to help them out and be able to elevate them a little bit further because expectations are once again going to be low. A lot of people are going to be like, oh, this conference wound up doing nothing in the NCAA tournament. But I feel like they were a little bit of the victim of the circumstances. No question. Maybe we did wind up overhyping them just a tad towards the end of last season. But I do think that just they wound up getting a really bad break and now they're going to be out for blood this season. I agree. I'm guilty of that too. I believe in them. But every year I feel like they do that. You kind of get excited about it. Even San Diego State, that's been pretty good as of recent. They just kind of can't get past that hump in the NCAA tournament. But I do believe it's because they compete against each other really well. But the bad teams or the lower teams, I guess, in the conference, like during a specific season, they end up upsetting the better teams. So I guess we kind of think of that as like depth instead of like the bigger teams having some weaknesses there. It's just a very interesting conference, but maybe it'll be better if they come into the season without as much pressure. I don't know. Maybe that will help them. Yep. I do agree with you there as we did wind up seeing quite a bit of hype around hype around the Mountain West coming into the season last year. They were able to live up to that. And hey, Fresno State was able to hang a banner. It's not necessarily the banner that they wanted with the (laughs) basketball classic, but hey, a banner is a banner. Whenever you're able to hang one up, don't apologize for it. But I do think that it's going to be fascinating to take a look at them. And just a lot of these conferences in general are going to be intriguing because when it comes to the Big 12, they're going to be looking similar this year. But as we know, it's going to be either next year, perhaps might be the year after that you wind up seeing all this conference realignment really taking over for them. I would consider them sort of the East Coast version of the Mountain West. That'd be the Atlantic 10. They wind up adding in their loyal Chicago. It's going to be fascinating to see what we wind up getting out of that conference this year, as well as we're going to see the entirety of the college basketball landscape changing itself in the next 24 months. And I do think that that leads to some fascination in general with how these conferences are going to be perceived because we've seen it with the Mountain West. They want it coming up short in March. And I do feel like that is going to cause some people to be sour on them coming into the season. But if you do that for the Mountain West, I am someone from the great state of Wisconsin. I think that you need to do that for the Big Ten as well. Who They want up getting into the Elite Eight, fewer schools than the Metro Atlantic because the Peacocks want up taking down Purdue as well. So I feel like when it comes to sort of the hierarchy of conferences, it's going to be really intriguing to see how things wind up looking. And I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how teams wind up utilizing the portal as well because we went through the Mountain West and how they're utilizing it and the Big Ten just like the game has passed them by because they've been the most inactive conference with regards to the portal thus far this offseason. Although people might be a little bit sour on the Mountain West Conference, if you look at the players coming in from the transfer portal, even like Texas that Tibuso Agbo, his top three teams are Mountain West teams. Although fans might be against betting for the Mountain West during March, I think players do see the potential of growing in this conference. So that's at least that's a plus, you know, like even just having like Wyoming again with those two USC guys and one UCLA. The fact that those players are coming to the conference, I think, speaks really well of the conference and the teams. You could even look at teams like Bryant that just made their first NCAA tournament appearance. And now they're winning in the transfer portal. You can really change your entire program in one season if you just kind of fight for it and if you get the right transfers on your side. Yep, and I agree with you there. And a school that's a little bit of an example of this, they haven't really hit the transfer portal too hard this offseason, but last offseason, we wound up seeing with San Jose State. I do think that they're going to be able to take some more strides forward with Tim Miles as well. Now, I don't think that they're going to be an NCAA tournament team or anything like that. I think that that would be a little bit far-fetched and that would be putting too much expectations on them. But I take a look at these schools that they may be able to just be able to climb a little bit more forward. I think a good example of this, more out east is Fordham as well. The way that they were able to revamp things. They've been able to do a good job with Kyle Neptune bringing in some good transfers. And we have been seeing it with the portal. It feels like these schools that have been very downtrodden for many, many years, they're able to get much better, much more quickly than you could see even like five to 10 years ago in college basketball. Oh yeah, I believe in Tim Miles for sure. I think even this season, although maybe their record didn't quite reflect what they were doing, they still looked a lot better. And he's just the type of coach that will motivate you, even if you are, you know, the bottom team at the conference. I feel like they're not going to be there that long because Wyoming was there or at least, you know, one place above them. But now look at where Wyoming is. So San Jose State could be competing in the next couple of years. It's going to take a while. And I mean, transfer portal is going to be part of it, but also just like the right guy, like Tim Miles is going to help. Because if you look at transfers, of course, they have helped teams like Iowa State, 
But then teams like Texas, if you look at last season, they had a really great transfer year, but they were good this season. They just weren't like incredible, made it to the second round. So anything can really happen. It's going to be a combination of not just transfers, but developing and just the culture, the head coach, how he manages all of that. I would love to see San Jose State succeed, to be honest. Yep, I would like to see San Jose State be able to rise up as well as they have been a team in the Mountain West Conference that they haven't had success in a very, very long time, but I am a believer in Tim Miles as well. And I am a mm-hmm. believer that you, Isabel, make the podcast better whenever you wind up coming on. You do absolutely terrific work over there at CBS Sports. I know that you've got a couple of other irons out there in the fire as well. And I know that you've been taking quite a bit of a look at the NBA playoffs as well. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just what's all up on tap for you. Yeah. So right now, obviously very focused on basketball. I'm still with SB Nation doing some stories there, but my main thing is CBS Sports, of course. And what's really exciting about that is I get to cover women's basketball as well. And I'll be doing some WNBA. And that's not something I really had a chance to cover as much before. So it's really cool to see that talent as well. My life revolves about around, around basketball right now. It's been fun. There's not really an off season for me. So if you like basketball, go ahead and follow me because that's all I'll be talking about. Trust me, there are worse <laughs> things in this world than having your life revolve around basketball. <laughs> we like people who have their life revolve around basketball. Isabel does a great job of being able to cover the game from so many levels, and it's always great to get her on the podcast. So big thanks, Isabel, for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of podcast that I take a look at everything that we've seen in college basketball in terms of news and notes from the last 24 hours. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. And we're back here in Las Vegas for Coast to Coast with myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Vison Family Podcast. And it is always great to get Isabel Gonzalez of CBS Sports on the show. She is also doing some work over there with SB Nation. She is doing a nice job being able to take a look at the game of basketball from a wide variety of lenses. The WNBA, the NBA, college basketball. So always great to get her insights on the show. So big thanks her for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of podcast. So we take a look at all the news and notes that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Wednesday. And as I am doing this podcast, I'm recording this right around 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. It seems as though it's more likely than not that Jay Wright is going to step down by the time you're hearing this. There might be a decision that he has stepped down, but right now it is looking like Jay Wright is going to be stepping down to Villanova, and boy, that winds up opening up the Big East because this will be the fourth coaching move if Jay Wright does indeed wind up stepping down from Villanova, and you never know. You could wind up seeing Jay Wright step down maybe one week, and then he pulls a Tom Brady. He's like, yeah, I'm actually back. I don't think that Jay Wright would be doing something like that, but you just take a look at it, and if he does wind up stepping away, Villanova has never necessarily been the school that has gotten five-star guys. It's really been a case in which Jay Wright always identifies the talent that he is looking for, melds it to his style, and he does a great job of being able to find guys that are just the right fit in general, guys that are smart as Villanova, number one team in terms of free throw shooting percentage in all of college basketball last year, so... Boy, if this does wind up being the case, and from all indications, does sound like Jay Wright is going to be stepping down. That's going to cause for a lot of coaching carousel news. Now, if you guys are asking me who I think is going to be replacing him, honestly, absolutely no clue. I will let those that are in charge of being able to fill that vacancy, fill that vacancy before I wind up speculating on it. But I do think that we could wind up seeing some nice coaching carousel movement if indeed this winds up happening. And like I said, as it sits right now, it does sound like he is stepping down. And literally, as I'm looking on Twitter right now, it's looking like Kyle Neptune, who is currently the coach at Fordham. He is probably going to be filling that vacancy. So that means that Fordham is going to have a coaching vacancy to fill as well. And Kyle Neptune, by the way, he wound up doing a very solid job. When he was at Fordham this last season, Fordham was playing a little bit more up-tempo, so you could wind up seeing Villanova go from a team that was in the bottom 30 with the guards' possessions per game, crank it up a little bit more, and Neptune, he was a understudy of Jay Wright for many, many years when they wound up winning both of those titles. He was on the coaching staff, so this is going to be absolutely massive, and Kyle Neptune stepping in for Jay Wright like it sounds like we are going to be getting. Once again, we could wind up seeing a little bit of a change of heart, but ESPN is reporting this, CBS Sports is reporting this, this is Seismith, as it looks like Kyle Neptune going to be replacing Jay Wright. I'll obviously have a little bit more on the podcast tomorrow since this is happening quite late in the day as I am doing this, but man, that is big, and obviously I'll get a guest on the podcast to talk a little bit more about this as well, but that's what we wound up seeing with that. And then we also wound up seeing Mr. Oscar Shibwe 
decide that he is going to be coming back to school. A lot of places are reporting that he's expected to make right around $2 million in name, image, and likeness money. And for Oscar Sheboy, this guy was the player of the year this last year in college basketball. Just an absolute dominator. Over 15 rebounds per game. He had a game against Western Kentucky where he wound up out-rebounding the entire Western Kentucky team. It's absolutely incredible what he was able to do this last season. He wound up averaging 17.5 points per game, right around 1.7 blocks and a steal per contest. Kentucky was looking at some of these guys like a G&I Broom, like a Fadas Amick. Now they're probably not going to need them. I wouldn't doubt if they still wind up going after some of those guys in the transfer portal, but Kentucky, they maintain the top forward in all of college basketball, and I think that that is very fair to say, and that is massive news for them. Kentucky, once again, going to be a force. Now, how they wind up retooling that backcourt with guys like Ty Ty Washington, leaving, that's a little bit of a question, but... We know that the anchor of what they were able to do last season, he is going to be back in the fold. A.J. Green has decided that he is going to both enter into the NBA draft and he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Translation, A.J. Green is transferring away from Northern Iowa. A two-time Missouri Valley Player of the Year of this last year, he wound up putting up some magnificent numbers. 19 points per contest, 2.5 assists, probably needs to work on facilitating a little bit more, but shot 39% from 3, 91.5% at the free throw line after the 2020-21 season was a big bust of Rooney. He wound up playing like three games, was limited due to injury, but you take a look at what A.J. Green was able to do towards the back half of the season, and it was nothing short of magnificent. From January 8th on, that I think is a clear mark of demarcation, final 18 games of the season. 20 and a half points, 2.6 assists, seal per contest, shot 40% from three on seven and a half threes per contest, shooting 95.3% at the free throw line. So he was able to do absolutely tremendous work with Northern Iowa. Now he is out there in the transfer portal, and you've got to think that there's going to be no shortage of folks that are going to be wanting his services. Joey Elzer has decided that he is going to be returning to school. This is not necessarily too much of a shocker. He wound up putting up seven and a half rebounds per game, but I don't think that there are a lot of people that are like, oh no, Joey Hauser, he's going to be going to the NBA because I he's from Stevens Point. That is actually very close to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where I wound up going to school at. He's a former top 100 recruit, but he was able to do a better job on defense this last season. Someone who's six foot nine is able to pop a couple threes, but wound up shooting 41% from three, but seven and a half points per game. Michigan State really needs an alpha dog score. I think really the goal for him this next year is becoming that double-digit score, being a little bit more of a dominator out there in the Big Ten, and I'm just surprised that the Big Ten in general is not necessarily at the transfer portal. You'll notice that Minnesota in a few minutes. Did wind up picking up someone, but I don't know. You got to figure that they need to because Kofi Coburn is decided that he is going to be going to the NBA draft and he is going to be signing with an agent. You figured that this was going to be the case when Kofi was saying a few days ago that he would decide on Wednesday his fate and, well, yeah, 28 starts this last season. Wound up putting up 21 points, a block per contest, and a half rebounds per game, one of the most immovable objects in all of college basketball. Problem was, Illinois wound up having an Andre Curbelo issue, and that was not necessarily so great for them. So now, Illinois is going to be looking very fresh, very new this upcoming season, and it's going to be a lot of retooling over there for Brad Underwood. Underwood has been able to play a variety of styles. He's been playing a little bit more of the peck line defense these last few years with Kofi Coburn. Back before Coburn wound up getting there, he was playing a little bit more of the press, especially when he was at Stone Cold Steve at F. Austin. So, going to be very intriguing to see what we wind up getting out of Illinois this next season. I thought that NC State was going to need to make a little bit more movement in the transfer portal to be able to revamp what they've all lost in the offseason with guys like Terquavia Smith declaring for the NBA draft. And, hey, this is a step in the right direction. Jarkel Joyner has decided that he is going to be going to NC State. Wound up being limited to 22 games last season due to injury, but he was really Ole Miss's best scorer last season. A guy that was able to put up just under 13.5 points per contest, put up 2.5 assists per game, shot 34% from three-point range. You would like to see that rise a little bit more, but certainly was relatively solid. NC State yesterday also wound up getting in Jack Clark, which that's a guy that I was sitting there thinking, yeah, you need to get a little bit more of the Jack Clark to really be able to revamp this roster. Certainly being able to bring in a guy like a Jarkel Joyner who wound up being able to put up double figures in the SEC last year. That is certainly going to be able to help them out. So that was a nice addition. Jalen Bridges, who this last season was playing at West Virginia, has decided that he's going to be going to Baylor. And if there's a school that has been able to do a great job of being able to identify guys that really fit what they're looking to do and have hit home runs in the transfer portal, it is Baylor. Bridges was a all-Big 12, all-freshman selection a few seasons ago. And this last year, 
Didn't have a great year. Didn't have a terrible year. 8.5 points, 4.8 rebounds per game at 6'7", which sadly was one of the top marks that you wound up seeing for anyone on this roster because, well, when it came to West Virginia, they were one of the most poor teams on the glass. Did wind up seeing a little bit of a dip with his three-point shooting percentage. Wound up shooting 41% from three during that 2020-21 season. This last season, wound up shooting right around 32.5% from three-point range. You saw it with West Virginia in general. They did wind up seeing a little bit of a dip with regards to their three-point shooting percentage, so that is something that they are going to need to do a little bit of a better job of, but I do think that Jalen Bridges, as a seven combo player, being coached up by Mr. Scott Drew and company that he is really going to be able to find his own. So that is a good addition there. Lucas Hortado Jr. He was playing at Bryant this last season. That was really a good facilitator for them. He's going to be heading to Mercer. Mercer, a team that's playing a little bit slower out there in the SoCon. A team that is looking to do a good job of being able to take care of the ball. I think that's a good one here. He wound up putting up 4.5 points, 4.2 boards, 3.5 assists per contest, and he's not the first guard from the northeast part of the country to wind up transferring to Mercer, as you'll recall Neftali Alvarez a few seasons ago came in was able to do a good job of being able to help dole out the ball. And for Huerto Jr., he actually wound up beginning his career over at UAB, so He's got a little bit of familiarity with the area. A career 38.5% three-point shooter at 6'6". Able to do a variety of things. He's able to pop threes. He's able to dole out the ball. So this is going to be a very good addition for them. I do like what they are doing in the transfer portal right now, Mercer. They've really been able to find themselves some good talent. And I think that this is the latest of that. So that is a nice addition there. You did wind up seeing Evan Joyner decide that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal this last season. He was playing for Tennessee State and... I was at Tennessee State, didn't wind up tearing it up, but at the same time, he's someone that I think could be a little bit of a contributor. During the 2020-21 season, right around 2.5 points, 2.5 rebounds per game, six foot eight was a little bit doubted coming out of high school, wound up missing this entire last season due to injuries and personal reasons, so going to be interesting to see if he winds up latching on with a D1 school. Feels like this guy's been at college forever. DJ Harvey is back in the transfer portal. This is going to be his third team in four years. He wound up beginning his career at Notre Dame during the 2017-18 season. This Last year at Detroit, 8.5 points, 5.5 rebounds per game. Shot 35% from 3, 82% at the free throw line. I thought this guy was just going to become more of an assertive scorer, and it's really another loss for Detroit as they wound up losing Antoine Davis, the son of Mike Davis. But if you do take a look at the back half of the season and what DJ Harvey was able to do from January 27th on, so final 14 games of the year, he was able to take some strides forward. 11 points, 6 boards per game, shot 35.5% from 3-point range. I thought that he would have more of those numbers for the entirety of the season. And while he was being recruited in 2017, ESPN rated him as a top 50 recruit. This is a guy that has talent. The question is, is he going to be able to put it all together? Because I always take a look at this guy and I think, man, you know what? He's probably going to do something at Vanderbilt. He's probably going to do something at Notre Dame. It just has never come to fruition. So if there is a system that is able to tap into that talent, it's going to be a very good gift for them. So going to be intriguing to see what happens there. You wound up seeing Cameron Burrell. He was playing at Western Illinois. He has decided that he is going to be transferring to Lindenwood. Lindenwood is one of those schools that is going from the D2 level up to the D1 level. And this is a good get for them. During the 2020-21 season, Burrell wound up starting half the games for Western Illinois, wound up putting up five and a half points, six rebounds per game. Not a guy that's going to go out there and step out and take a lot of threes. Six foot seven, a little bit undersized, but for Lindenwood, this is a solid get. He's a guy that was one of the very few at Western Illinois that wound up playing defense. He's got good familiarity with the Midwest as Lindenwood, I believe, is out there in the state of Missouri because I just remember Lindenwood being a really good bowling school. I actually used to be a college bowler back in the day, and well, Lindenwood, we face off again, so while I was at UW Oshkosh, they kicked our rear ends every single time we played them, so that was not necessarily a whole heck of a lot of fun, but that said, I do think that he's going to be able to come in. He's going to be able to make a nice impact for Lindenwood, and I'm going to be diving into them a little bit more during the offseason, but very intriguing school that do wind up having some success out there at the D2 level, and if we're looking at them from a bowling perspective, they should be on your bracket for this upcoming season. Timmy Allen has decided that he is going to be returning to Texas. This is very big for the Longhorns, as they just wound up having a disjointed year. I'm going to say what I wound up saying on the podcast yesterday. Marcus Carr committing 
leading to that school was the worst thing that could have happened for Marcus Carr. It's the worst thing that could have happened for Texas. And Timmy Allen is probably going to have a little bit more room to grow. And I think that he's going to have himself a big year. In his last year at Utah during the 2020-21 season, 17.5 points, 6.5 boards, four assists per game. Didn't shoot it well from three-point range. In the last few years, shot right around 26.5% from three-point range. That's not necessarily his game as a six-foot-six combo player, but does a good job when he has the ball in his hands. He's able to dish it out a little bit. Does a good job of being able to haul in there some rebounds. Very good on-ball defender. So that was the good for Texas, the bad, and this was very much to be expected. Trey Mitchell has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal in the month of February last season. He decided to step away from the program for personal reasons. I think that he was just very upset with his usage. He wasn't necessarily liking this situation. What is going on in his personal life? I have no idea. I will not speculate on this. This is a sports betting podcast and a college basketball podcast. This is not a air out your grievances podcast. But that said, while this guy was at UMass during the 2020-21 season, he was one of the most versatile players in all of college basketball. 18 and a half points, 7.2 rebounds, shot 37.5% from three as a six foot nine combo player. He is a former top one recruit. And like I said, Texas, he actually wound up putting up some decent numbers, nine points per game, shot right around 33% from three-point range. You could tell that he wanted to get a little bit more minutes. He wanted to be a little bit more of a feature guy because towards the beginning part of the season, he was seeing good run from we're going to call it the beginning of the season through mid-December, first nine games of the season. He's putting up 11.5 points per game, five rebounds, shot 39% from three, and then when the competition wound up getting a little bit more stiff, his minutes wound up getting reduced a little bit, and then things wound up going down the tubes for both he and Texas. So that is something that wasn't necessarily so great. We wound up seeing one Ole Miss player in Jarkel Joyner decide that he is going to be going to NC State, and we wound up seeing another decision as Mr. Luis Rodriguez has decided that he's going to be going to UNLV and we were just talking about it with our good friend Isabel Gonzalez and all that they're bringing in with guys like Elijah Parquet and company. And now this is another very, very good gift for that Kruger coaching staff. About six half points, five and a half boards per game last season as a six foot six, little bit of a joker player. Someone that shoots okay from three point range, right around 31, 32% from three point range the last two seasons. But at six foot six, can guard pretty much anyone out there on the floor. Does a good job being able to haul in there some rebounds. A guy that's able to give you two assists per contest. He's just a winning player. Not a guy that is going to come in and he's going to be dominating with like 20 points per game or anything like that, but I absolutely love what he's going to be able to bring to the table for UNLV. This is a great gift for them. So, UNLV doing an absolutely amazing job out there in the transfer portal, so it just continues to grow there. Tariq Scott Grayson, who he was just limited to six games this last year at Northeastern after being a two-year starter at UAB, he has decided that he's going to be going to Old Dominion. Old Dominion in desperate need of a little bit of three-point shooting, and in his two years of which he was a starter for the Blazers during the 2019-20 and 2020-21 seasons, wound up shooting 34.6% from three-point range. Those two seasons wound up averaging a steal, nine and a half points, four rebounds per game. It's a Old Dominion team that they always play a little bit more of a slow and methodical style on Northeastern. They play that style as well, so he's a little bit more used to it. Someone that is going to be able to come in, he's going to be able to elevate that backcourt, and is able to facilitate as well at 6.5. So good size there. Old Dominion has been sort of a middling team out there in Conference USA, I think is the best way of putting it. In recent years, this should be able to elevate them a little bit. Very good addition for them in the transfer portal. You felt a little bit bad for Kaysan Harrison this last year at Lamar. He was just not able to get out there on the floor too much wound up missing about half the season with 16 games put up 10.5 points per game after he shot a blazing 48.5% from three-point range during the 2020-21 season just 24.5% this last season he decided to go to Winthrop now Winthrop they wound up having their three-point shooting deficiencies and there's just no replacing Pat Kelsey over there at Winthrop I take a look at what is being built by Mark Prosser and Prosser did a very good job in conference play. I still have my question marks with him as a coach. He wound up having Western Carolina at 19 and 12 a few seasons ago, and then during that 2020-21 season, they completely fell off the table. I do have a little bit of question mark there. As long as they're able to retain DJ Burns and Corey Hightower, they certainly are going to be staring at something, and Got to think that Harrison going to need to dole out the ball a little bit more. Did wind up averaging right around three assists per game this last season. Season before, four assists per contest. But if he could be a dish guy that winds up shooting in the middle of his two seasons, more in the mid-30s from three-point range, he's going to be an absolutely tremendous addition for Winthrop. And Winthrop, I do think, is going to be finding themselves more towards the top half of the Big South once again, which has been where they have been for a very, very long time. Ali Abdu-Diba. 
Very interesting guy in that he wound up playing for Chicago State this last season. Was actually, if you look at raw points per game, their top scorer at 13.5 points per game, he played only five games. I'm not sure why he only played five games, but he only played five games. He's out there in the transfer portal. Everything that you see on tape, this guy is absolutely tremendous. He only played five games, though. So he is a big, giant unknown that's out there in the transfer portal. Every time he's hit the floor, he's looked really good, but he's sort of like Bigfoot. You've heard of him. Yeah, I haven't really seen him. So it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens with him out there in the transfer portal. It is also going to be very interesting to see what happens with Mr. Viola, Robert Viola. He has decided that he's going to be transferring away from Fresno State, only wanted putting up one and a half points. Two rebounds per game was a little bit of a defensive supper. Just great shot, 76.5% from the floor, 6'8", 245 pound big man that if he winds up going to a little bit of a lower level, I do think that he could wind up seeing a few minutes. I'm not sure if this gentleman is going to be seeing too many minutes Luke Frazier. He was playing at Ohio and Dayton these last two years. He was a walk-on. He has decided that he is going to be transferring away from Ohio, so not necessarily anything rambunctious there, but William and Mary, they've been able to bring in some talent the last few days, and now they wind up bringing in Chris Mullins, a former All-Conference USA All-Freshman performer, and this last year did wind up seeing a little bit of a dip in production. 8.5 points, 2.5 boards, only shot 26% from 3 after he shot 35% this season before, but someone that is able to dole out the ball, someone that is able to be a little bit of a bucket getter for a William & Mary team that for one, it's the best tag team in all of college basketball because you don't just get William, you don't just get Mary, but you actually wind up getting both. So we always love that about them, but it is a William & Mary team that they were pretty not so great this last season. They are also bringing in a former four-star player in Noah Collier. So William & Mary actually doing a relatively decent job out there in the transfer portal. Question is, are these guys going to be able to elevate? I think that that is something that is very, very fair to speculate. Caleb Fields, he was playing at Bowling Green this last season. He has decided that he is going to head a little bit further east, and he is going to be playing for the Sags of Fairfield. I have actually liked what I've seen out of Fairfield these last few seasons, and for Fields, he was able to be a relatively solid cock for Bowling Green these last few years. While missing the entirety of the 2021-22 season, he was dealing with injuries, and then I think that there were a couple personal things as well. Not a guy that's going to go out there and score a lot, and that's very much a Fairfield way. They're a team that they're typically going to be in the bottom runner with regards to possessions per game, and we were just talking about Jay Wright and how he's probably going to be stepping away from the game. Kyle Neptune, it looks like he's going to be replacing him. Well, this is Jay Young right here. So we've got a pair of dueling Jays that are currently making some moves on this podcast. But for Mr. Fields, a guy that in his last season at Bowling Green during the 2020-21 season, two and a half assists, seven points per game. Not a great three-point shooter at 30%, but very much a solid on-ball defender. You saw it with him off the floor this year. Bowling Green, just a complete sieve when it came to their defense. A little bit of an issue for them, but... I do think that he's going to be able to come in and he's going to be a relatively solid fit for this program. It's going to be interesting to see if Seeley Gasson Chapman is going to be a fit where he winds going next. He has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Wanted committing to Wichita State. Never really saw the floor for the Shockers, so it's a little bit to be determined as to what you're going to be able to get right there with him. He was someone that didn't necessarily wind up grading out the best with regards to his prospect grades, but that said, someone who's able to launch a couple threes, so he is out there on the transfer portal. Matthew Ragsdale, he is going to be coming in from the non-D1 level, and he is going to be playing for the Purple Aces of Evansville. We've noticed that Evansville decided to dumpster dive to try to be able to bring in a little bit of talent, and thus far, it has not necessarily worked for them. Evansville, they've looked to a couple non-D1 guys. They've also looked to the Juco ranks. You take a look at Western Colorado and what he was able to do for them, and well, he did wind up having some relatively solid numbers. A gentleman that last season wanted putting up 21.5 points per contest. Rebounding was not necessarily his forte. Four rebounds per game at Evansville. They are absolutely atrocious when it comes to rebounding. Shot about 36% from three-point range. A little bit of a six foot four mixer and shaker. You take a look at the RMC, and that is out there at the D2 level. And he was one of the better scorers out there at Division II. The problem is he really doesn't do a lot with regards to rebounding. He's very one-dimensional, and he's going to be going to an Evansville team that they play incredibly slow. You always notice that these guys, when they go from the D2 level to the D1 level, they need talent around them, like you wind up seeing with a Duncan Robinson at Michigan for them to be able to take off. And, well, that is not going to be there for them in Evansville. They just haven't been able to strike any sort of gold whatsoever with these guys, and I don't see how this is going to be any different. So you certainly congratulate Mr. Ragsdale on being able to get that D1 scholarship, being able to go up to the next level, but I don't know if that's going to be doing a whole lot of good for them. 
Hegel Austin. He was expected to do a little bit for Central Connecticut State. With Mr. Augustin, he was someone that wound up playing a grand total of one minute this last season. He decided that he's going to be going to Prairie View A&M. I don't know what Prairie View A&M is going to be getting as Augustin. He just didn't wind up seeing any playing time whatsoever. It was never necessarily a highly talented guy, but Prairie View A&M, they do a good job of being able to find some of these guys that really fit their system. They do a nice job of being able to generate turnovers. Now, they themselves turned the ball over way too much on offense. That wound up costing them a trip to the NCAA tournament this past season, but going to be interesting to see if they're able to utilize him in any form or fashion. You wind up seeing Tyler Bertram go from Binghamton, and he's going to be going to UAB. This last season, while he was at Binghamton, he was able to be a solid player, right around 9 points per contest, shot 39.5% from 3-point range. Does need to work on just being able to provide a little bit more on the defensive end. And Binghamton, they were actually one of the more improved defensive teams this last season. They weren't necessarily getting after it and generating like 20 steals per game or anything like that, but they certainly improved under Lavelle Sanders, so I do think that credit was given to what they were able to do with that regard. And I take a look at this UAB team. They always seem to be hitting home runs out there in the transfer portal, so I've got a lot of faith in what Andy Kennedy is doing. I don't think the Bertram is by any stretch of the imagination going to be some sort of a starter that takes this team over the top, but another depth piece for a UAB team that they do a great job of utilizing their bench. You wound up seeing Johnny Juzang declare for the NBA draft. He was at UCLA this last season and was honestly expecting a little bit more from him. He obviously wound up having that Herculean run in the 2021 NCAA tournament this last year. 15.5 points per contest, shot 36% from three, 83.5% at the free throw line. I felt like he hurt himself a little bit towards the back half of the season because you tell that Johnny Juzang just was not necessarily right towards the back half of the campaign. You take a look from February 21st on. So, final nine games of the season. 10.5 points per contest, shot 24% from three. Now, if you take a look at his numbers prior to that, so you take a look at, we're going to call it the first 21 games of the season, 18 points per game. He was able to put up five boards, shot 39% from three, 85.5% the free fly. So he was looking like he was helping elevate that stock a little bit. Probably would have been a little bit better off declaring for the NBA draft after that final four run. That's just me talking out loud here. I might be wrong with that regard, but... I do feel like you want to putting his sock a little bit just because he was banged up towards the end of the season. You really can't hold that against him, but NBA scouts, they're certainly going to be looking at that, and I think that they're going to be picking that apart. I mentioned it with Minnesota. They're actually doing a relatively solid job out there in the transfer portal. Sean Sutherland did wind up declaring for the NBA draft, but Taylon Cooper, he has decided that he is going to be taking his place, and he is going to be committing. He was a starter this last year at Morehead State. Not a guy that's going to go out there and score like 30 points per game or anything like that. Average 9 points per contest, but did a good job dishing out the ball. Six assists, a two 2.2 turnovers per contest, was able to haul in there four and a half rebounds per game. A career 36.5% three-point shooter. So at six foot four, a guy that's able to handle, a guy that's able to shoot relatively solidly from three-point range. Once again, not going to be going scorched earth from three-point range, but at the same time, he's able to go out there and is able to do a solid job. And if you take a look from January 12th on, this is someone that shot right around 36% from three-point range. Did a good job of being able to cut down on the turnovers. So I do think that he's going to be a solid fit for Minnesota and them being able to get in Dawson Garcia a little bit earlier in the week. It has been a very solid run of things for them. Rob Fennessy, he has decided that he is going to be transferring to Cincinnati, and Rob Fennessy is a guy with talent. The question is, is he able to be consistent? Because he actually wound up having a nice game or two against Penn State a little bit earlier on this season, and guy that started 69 games in four years at Indiana, never averaged more than 7.3 points or 3.5 assists per contest for his career shot. 29% from three, 65% from the free throw line. Cincinnati is a team that they're looking to build themselves on defense, being able to generate a few turnovers in. When it comes to fantasy, he is able to be a relatively good on-ball defender, but you take a look at what he wound up doing this year. He wound up having more than eight points in a game, just three times out of his 25. He did wind up having a 20-point game thrown in there as well. So when you least expect it, Rob Fennessy is able to give you a little bit of something, but consistency is something that he's going to need to work on. Here's the least shocking piece of news that we wanted seeing from a Wednesday that wound up having quite a bit of shocking news. Paul Bancaro has decided to declare for the NBA draft. This is a guy that is going to be a, at minimum, top five pick. You know, we all knew that this was going to be coming. 17 points, eight rebounds, three assists per game. A guy that's hand six foot ten that's able to stroke 
looking from three-point range, was very solid in the NCAA tournament. This is a guy that was destined to be a one-and-done before the season even started. There is absolutely no shock error here. This is not going to affect anyone's grade on Duke, so certainly a case in which we all wound up seeing this coming. A congratulations to Paulo Boncaro and the millions that he's going to be making at the NBA draft, and a congratulations on a solid year at Duke that wound up seeing him be able to make a Final Four. You did wind up seeing, though, Leon Ayers third decide that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. A man that has a little bit of experience being in the transfer portal as he wound up playing at Mercer a few seasons ago. And for Mr. Leon Ayers, he's someone that I actually do like. During the 2021-22 season, while he was over there at Duquesne, he was able to put up some relatively solid numbers. 10 points, 4 boards per contest. Did not wind up shooting from 3 points the way they did at Mercer. And Mercer shot 39% for 3 that year. He wound up having 12 points per contest. Wound up improving his rebounding a little bit, but certainly wound up having a tough time with a Duquesne team that they were just all sorts of rudderless this past season. So he is going to be out there on the transfer portal. you got to figure that there's going to be quite a few suitors that are going to be interested in him. And we are doing everything that we can to take a look at what we're all getting this offseason in college basketball. Like I said, with everything that we're seeing with Jay Wright, we're going to be hitting upon this a little bit more tomorrow since that news wound up breaking a little bit later on in the day on Wednesday. So if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So please do send these into the timeline as per usual. And the other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Big thanks once again to Isabel Gonzalez of CBS Sports for joining me in the last segment. I'm going to be coming at you guys every single day throughout the entirety of the year. And that means that I'm coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.